0: I'd rather talk about my reality, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather talk yeah. about something a little bit more deeper than that. The reasons and the problem and the solutions behind it. So when you hear these stories in Good Kid Mad City, it's a little bit deeper than just the music. It's cats out here really trying to do something and really trying to spark the idea of positivity in the community. Let me tell my story, let me tell other stories that's out here that want to do something different but can't because you're in an environment where you just got to adapt. Welcome to the Scales Podcast. You're now listening to the dopest podcast on earth. This is your boy Shane. This is your boy Scott. Grab whatever you need to get you in your zone and follow us. What's going on world? I'm Scott. This is the Scales Podcast. Welcome. I hope y'all having a good drive so far. Yo, yo, yo. This is Shane.
1: Welcome to the Scales
0: Podcast.
1: We have a great episode today. Good kid. Mad city. I know that name sounds familiar. That is... Kendrick's second album.
0: That's his first album. I mean, if you want to count
1: Section Eighty, Section
0: as his fir- Eighty is it's, it's his first
1: album. Section Eighty is his first album. No, I'm gonna say Good Kids first right. album. So yeah, Kendrick's first album, Good Kid, Mad City, that is a play on that. We really related to that, right. to the title, and even to the stories that Kendrick told in that album, and the way that he portrayed the slippery slope into what a lot of people call thug or hood activities. Um, that get portrayed mostly out in the media as if it's a choice. And we we, we kind of here to just kind of talk about our experiences that that might uh, lend a little bit of information towards that.
0: Right. I mean, I think being from New Orleans and Shane being from Chicago, we both can speak on two places that really don't have a voice, especially for people like us. The most people who have a voice from our um, society, our parts of society, normally portraying the image of... Somebody who who would kill you at any moment, or do it, or get it how they live. That's a mantra that we use in New Orleans: is get it how you live. And um, you always get sub- subjected to all these different things and stuff and these experiences based on c- circumstances that's all around you that you necessarily don't think you uh can avoid. And like just everyday life, man. Just basically, just even trying to just go to school or go to um yeah, go tell to them st- what it means to grow up in the hood. Grow up in the hood. All right, let me give a backstory on where I'm from. Like my whole entire family is from the Desire, you know. It was, you know that's the Night Watch. The biggest, it was the biggest um project in New Orleans, and um my family is from the back part of it. We offer abundance between abundance and benefit. If uh, people who from New Orleans, y'all know what I'm talking about. Is uh I have a lot of family in there still. And I lost a lot of family from that place, and let's just say when I was seven years old, the first time I seen the dead, but I seen two people get killed in the same spot at seven. You know what I mean? And it's just like. You get to see those things, and you, you don't have a, as a kid, you don't have any awareness to it. You don't think about it. You look at it. Your grandpa come in the door like, oh, yeah, they just killed that boy. And you're just thinking about it, and you don't, like, pay no mind to. you're just watching TV. So those type of things, growing up as an adult, now I realize that's programming, and it's like me becoming numb to another human life. And it's just like that value of human life is, is slowly being washed away. I'm not knowing that as a kid. And you just seeing that you don't think nothing of it. So that way, when you do see guns and stuff like that, you're not really thinking of it as, oh, that's a gun that can take somebody's life. It's just a a tool. It's a toy. It's a it's something cool. It's an accessory. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not nothing that I can necessarily. It's not something I don't look at as a bad thing or something I shouldn't have. It's something I actually need, a part of my life. And it's like my um my my male flag, if you will. It's like my sign of masculinity. Mm-hmm.
1: Facts. I, I I definitely uh, can relate in the same way. It's it's funny because I can go around. I have gone around a lot of different people from a lot of different hoods, and our stories are eerily is the same, but exact except for that we grew up sometimes thousands and hundreds of, or th- at least thousands of miles away, right? Um, and that still holds true. And even what you said, I seen a lot of violence growing up. I seen a lot of uh, drugs, activity, um, fights, were just. You know. It's every day. Yeah,
0: it was fighting when I was four.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, I remember a story. I was six years, seven years old. Maybe, yeah, six, seven, eight. Somewhere around there. And I was outside on my scooter. My next door neighbor's name was Damien. Uh, shout out to Damien. I remember his last name. <laughs> he lived on Clifton Ave, right, right next to my granny. But I was on my scooter. And he came up and he pushed me off my scooter and he took it. So, you know, I'm a kid. So I started crying, going to the house. My aunt in the house, she cooking in the kitchen. I say, Shay. Uh Damien took my scooter. She turned around, she said, "Well, why you in here?" I said, "I'm telling you." She said, "If you don't go back outside and get your scooter, you're going to have to deal with me." Right? So, I had I went back outside, you know, I did my little breathing, try to get, you know, amp, amp myself up cuz I that was my I ain't never really been in a real altercation prior to that. So, I ran up to him, punch him in his stomach hard as I could, <laughs> take my scooter back, put it away and go in the house. Now, I told that story just to say like after that, like after you do something like that one time, right. your mind changes by what that means to fight now. And like, so that means every time somebody takes something from you or do something to you, you fight. You don't talk. You don't- You have to take action. Action. So from then on in my life, a lot of times when I felt wrong, I went straight to action, which led me to, you know, tough situations, fights, stupid stuff. Right. But that, again, like Scott was talking about with the guns, it's the same way. It just ends up in your mind. It ends up being a norm. Right. And then it portray it, it carry it uh portrays itself throughout your life, and as you get older, it gets worse. That was a little punch in the stomach. Well, by the time I'm in high school, now it's people get mob action charges, getting arrested at school, like you know, all these type of things going on, right. and it's a normal thing. People th- crowd around, they watch, we talk about it, we
0: record it. But I think I mean that's a common uh, narration for stuff that we know about. I think, but what we, what we both can agree on, we uh, and both can display that transformation part of it. Cause like at first growing up, I was like four or five, six and seven and stuff like that. I'm saying all these crazy things and I'm also fighting and stuff like that. i Cause I'm hanging around all my older cousins. They making me beat people up. They making me do all these things like that. But then some kind of way, I ended up being on both sides of the spectrum. Like I was a bully at one point, And then I, then I started getting bullied at one point. Like my mom got a stepdad. Uh, I had a stepdad she got with this guy. And um, then he started like breaking my confidence and all that stuff like that. So I'm getting abused and mentally abused and all that stuff like that from a um, from a, of a male figure. Then I'm uh, then my confidence goes down. And then once you go to school and they smell weakness on you, then all of a sudden you go from being this guy to now you getting getting uh, attacked and stuff like that. So I'm constantly defending myself. On top of that, I'm intelligent. And then not only in black culture but just in culture in general, being intelligent is always perceived as being weak. So I had to deal with both of those things. I had to deal with the fact that I'm dealing with at home is a lot of stuff going on. I'm getting attacked and then I can smell that like depression and stuff building on it. I'm getting attacked even more on top of that. being So it's like all these forces and then, oh, you should just do this, just fight them, just do that. And my mom would be like, you think you can't beat them? Find something to beat them with. And it's just like all these type of things just coming at you and you just gotta be like, man, I just want to just live my life and just do things different, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And it, it
0: it explains a lot of
1: the uh pressures as a child growing right. up in, in situations like that where you gotta uh I kinda it's 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 the it's a readily available opportunities right. and and it's the things that are naturally in our environments. And then when you grow up and you participate and there's not then there's consequences. And then the reality of it is you're a victim to this environment but you get blamed for what happens right? and the outcomes mm-hmm. of all of that. So like, you know, where in some neighborhoods, um, parks are readily available, coding classes, karate, just a bunch of different outlets to be and to grow and to learn are, right. are already available in some, in some prosperous neighborhoods. And then in some other neighborhoods, there's drug sales, gangs, right. Low wage jobs, liquor stores, um, there is no means to what they will tell you to do is pull yourself up. There's very little means to do that. And that's why you see outliers like me or Scott or the ones that you see in the NBA or in the NFL. This, those are just outliers. Right. For every one of them, it's 100 dudes who either in jail, dead, or stuck in the hood. Right. And, and, and that's a true thing, stuck. It, it's, it is a trap. From the, from the very beginning of your life. And it's and it's one of them things that, you know, if you're lucky enough and, and then if you can see some things that make you want more, it's, it's definitely a blessing.
0: Right. And I think the listeners out there, some of them will be able to connect to it. I mean, I know this is a heavy topic that we're speaking on. Some people might have, like, PTSD from even hearing some of the stuff that we're talking about just because of the uh, traumas and stuff that come with it. But it needs to be acknowledged that, there is, I mean, even though I feel like it's a change happening in those societies that we're becoming aware to some things that we can do, but at the same time, it, we gotta acknowledge what happened in the past, because just the, the same way I'm here at this point, that person, my cousin, my older cousin, he used to make me fight all these people, he's no longer here, you know what I mean? So I just, a, and me and him were like, he's one year older than me, mm-hmm. and, um we had the same circumstance, same family, same everything. Like We watched our uncle become a millionaire, and then we watched our uncle lose it all, do the, doing some things that inspired us all to do the wrong thing. But at the same time, that chasing that idea of what it takes to be the head of your household both led us to becoming two different entire things. But my mom did one thing different than my uh, aunt did, and she just made sure I go to school and, and value that's school. That's huge, that's you huge. I mean? She made sure I value education. That's, that's exactly what happened to me. You know what I mean? That's that's the only thing that separated us. I can see that. And then I had my other uncles who saw that that potential in me and they was like you don't have to do all this this part right here. Just do keep doing that. But my cousin, they was telling him, they wasn't telling him that because he they felt like he wasn't going to be nothing else but that. Right. They wasn't telling him that, but we was close. Yeah. And so and it's he was just common. as talented. He was he was he was good at everything. Like yeah. he was good at everything. And I and then he just kept going further and further. Our evolution kept growing. Like I, I kept becoming what I be. I be eventually became. He just kept getting deep into the streets and connected to everything. We have the same influence. Everybody he knows, I knows. But yet, I I made one decision to stop selling drugs and join the military. And he decided to go back to New Orleans. And he went to jail for like six months. And then right after he came out, he was murdered for like. Just that quick. He just uh Facebook yeah, MySpace messaged me, Congratulations on the birth of your daughter and then the next time I check MySpace, I see R. I. P. Keith, and I'm like, This is I'm in Germany and I'm like, Whoa, I'm like, this is crazy. So I gotta fly all the way back to the uh to bury my cousin, who's basically like my big brother and stuff like that, because of this this game that we played, this good kid Mad City thing. You yeah, know the mean?
1: system is real and the only you know, Scott hit a big point is that like you know, it's it's it's, to, it's at any point in any generation living in environment like that, the system can grab you, mm-hmm. and then that spells out the rest of your lineage. So you know, I got much like Scott said, I got blessed with a mother who I don't want to give her full credit because there's opportunities, but she she dodged with help and and grace, not falling into some of those systematic traps that were around her. So I was allowed that same. Grace, and she kept me in school, and she kept on me about being educated, and 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 I seen some of the same pitfalls in friends and family. This guy was talking about because their family weren't as lucky to dodge those pitfalls or those falls or those systematic traps that are set. So therefore, they got brought up in the same one. If you grow up, if somebody grows up and their dad is a is a business owner or an athlete or a doctor, it's a good chance that they're going to be in the same type of field or have an idea that I want to be a professional of some sort. If you grow up in the same sense, and your dad is a drug dealer or father fi- or mother or some, or, or family household is in and out of jail or works a fast food job or doesn't have a job. That's what you see. And, you know, we got to remember that just as much as success breeds success or what we see as success, poverty, poverty, breed. and all those other things keeps breeding. And it's not those people's fault, you know. When that, when the, when the, when a baby's born to a crackhead mother, that's not that baby's fault. It was a system, system caught her, and now he got to pay. And like Scott was saying, when you it start, like when you go to school, school was a big one for me, where I seen a lot of my peers get discouraged about life, because they went to a place where you're supposed to learn and grow. And there was teachers and administrators in that system telling them that they a problem right. and that they not supposed to be there and that they, they get suspended perennially all the time. right? And then that goes into their file and into their jacket. So now every time they change grades, change classes, the teacher look at it, oh, you a problem. Right. They already know they is before the class started. And that type of stuff I watched, me being able to stay through school, at least all the way through high school, and people who kind of bounced in and out, tried, dropped out, played around Based off feeling not a not wanted, those very few those options left in our neighborhoods mm-hmm. is fast food, drug sales, gangs, jail. There's not many after that, especially if you don't got an education. Right, and that's and um that brings me forward into like the idea of holes. Every day, somebody in our neighborhood, in those neighborhoods, wake up, they're dodging holes. Like think about if there's literally holes, a bunch of holes on the ground, like like dominoes. And, you know, you got to dodge them. And if you fall in one, it could be the police pulled you over. You know, you went to a party and somebody started shooting. Right. You're just trying to party. You're just trying to drive to work. You got pulled over. You're just trying to go to the park, shoot some hoops. And, you know, somebody didn't know your cousin. and know you. It's just so many ways right. for things to go bad. And you got to dodge all of that on a daily just to live. And right.
0: this is really a And then if you want to be a good thing. person, it's even harder. It is. It yeah. really
1: is. It really is. And with places getting painted a certain way too, like if your neighborhood is called Chirac.
0: Yeah. You know, that's that's a mental thing. Right. I'm from the murder capital, man. Like the the first glorified murder capital. So and at one point we took pride in that. Like especially when Katrina hit, we took we glorified it. we took that was a badge of honor to be from the murder capital. And now the thing about it in hindsight is like, and we took Like, we really was thinking about, we prideful, like, we can just murder somebody, you know what I mean? Or just, we have that capability to do that. But that goes back to the education part. Like, I went to one of the most dangerous schools in New Orleans at one point called Livingston. And um, it's middle school. And um, it's like, what is that, The, the seventh grade? Seventh, eighth grade, it only has two grades. And as kids, I'm 12. Going on thirteen, and there's kids in there that's seventeen years old in that school, eighteen, and um, it was it was like crazy. To me. I'm like, yo, you this oh you basically an adult, and like they just living their life and they like they having fun in school. It's like it was like the most fun I ever had, and then like having that kind of fun, like my grades were affected. I said like I had did one quarter and I made like a a one. Point cause I literally didn't do anything, and then immediately I switched it, cause I, I, I my mama bred me to value having A's and stuff like that, and um I flipped it, and then I had a 3.5, but then the, me doing that in that process, my my friends or something at the time eventually started separating themselves from me, and I only had like a, I still had a big circle of friends, but like the ones I thought were my friends, they changed up on me because I started making better grades, um they're like he uh, think he better than everybody and all this stuff like that when I'm just doing what we all can do. And uh, just going back into it, just talking about glorifying being a, being in the streets, it's like they're looking at it as a means of... A, that's the only way you can get it. Everything else, and it's like a, a rebellion mentality, which is nothing wrong with that. Because I, no, I still, I still, gotta, it's just gotta be direct, right? Because yeah. I, I embody that. Like I was, I'll I'm around tuned. it, yeah, I'm, and I'm proud of that part of it. But Excellent. you can, you gotta be able to break whatever rules. Yeah, definitely stay, then,
1: stay uh, dangerous. It's cool right. to be be dangerous in a way of uh, uh, moving your life forward right. by any means. like not letting people right. mentally, physically stop you from doing that. Right, for
0: sure. And right. I, I think that's what. That's the energy and that's the mantra of where we come from, but at the same time, we just directing that towards anybody. And it's mostly important to the people we see every day, and we need to just direct that towards breaking the um the rules of society in a way that's going to make us get unlimited unlimited uh, potential with our lives. We don't have to hurt anybody or do anything. Like right. it's abundance out here for everybody. There's no no means to control anybody. Nobody has own, ownership a domain over anything on this planet, but uh. It's just we gotta all understand that those who are in that situation and who come from that place that that the beauty of coming from that place is that you learn how to overcome hardships and how to adapt and um yeah (laughs) that's yeah
1: I I I definitely uh, relate to it again on the you you said a little earlier that you the the murder capital. Right. And and being proud of it and, and wearing it as is the same thing. I'm actually from a town called Rockford, Illinois, which is like forty-five miles west of the city of Chicago. But it, you know, everything you see on the news about Chicago, my city mirrors the exact same thing, except for it's about two hundred thousand people there. So we right now I just looked it up. We are fifth uh in the in the in the country in the murder rate. Yeah. And we're not even a major, quote unquote, major city. We right. uh, we kind of an outside. Let's just say, like to Houston, Texas, we Sugarland. So imagine if the highest crime, one of the highest crimes in the country, is in Sugarland, Texas, where it's not even that many people. So they say, like for violent crimes, one in nineteen people. You know, you got that's that's your chances. One in nineteen people. Right. So if it's twenty people in the room, somebody might leave that night, and something might happen to them.
0: Right. It's a culture, man. It's like a, it's a literal culture, like. Of thinking like that, because at that point when I was into that way of thinking, like I knew where all the murder capitals was at. I knew, yeah. I knew was I was keeping up with the stats and all that kind of stuff. Because it's like you just want it's like a bravado type thing. It's just a, a matter of it's a it's the street way of getting clout. It's the internet version of clout. And being, like,
1: and being seen and being yeah. recognized and and like being, I guess it's a way. It's kind of a it's 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 crazy to think of it like that, but it's, it makes you feel important, right? That your city's name is up there for something, right? And 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 they and you know that they specifically talking about your area, right? Like that one in nineteen isn't the whole city because my city's divided by a river and it's clear poor and rich, wow. Mostly and then it's even more broke down black and white. So if you on the west side of the river, that's where all that stuff is going down for the right. most part. Um, that's where most of the, sh- the all the murders go down. That's where all the gangs are. That's where all the poverty is. So, right. when you see Rockford now, in the same way, Rockford on the list. We just on the list. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit.
0: And, like, we, and we responsible. You hot. And that's hot. like, that's the whole thing of a hot boy in the world. That's like, a lot of people don't know where the hot boys came from. The hot boys were like real people, they were real dudes out in the street. And like, to be hot is to mean that everybody's paying attention to you, including the police. And like, you can't go anywhere. You like, you on fire, because nobody won't be next to you. And, but people also know you, they respect you and stuff like that, but you hot. It's only a mad time before. Like, hot boys do not live that long, and that's just the lifestyle that everybody knew all this chase because it's like you live in a fast life. Like, you, you you have a literal understanding that nothing is promised to you. Like, fuck everything. I'm going to just do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. and I'm just get as high as I can be, and it's just crazy. And, I,
1: and I, to a certain extent, without guidance, I get that because you hear you ain't I, – I heard – I don't know exactly when, but I wasn't even close to 25 yet, but I heard it when I was probably in high school that – it's, it was a stat about a certain percentage of black males don't make it past 25. Right. And we all knew that. So if you know that and your lifestyle is already directed in like a wild way, you're going to go even more wild. Right. Because in your mind, that's almost fact because you've seen it too. Not right. only did that stat come out, but you've seen your 16, 17-year-old cousins, friends, whatever, die or go to jail, get 100 years. get might, might as well be dead because they got 50 years in prison. Right. So, you know, it lends to that I don't give a fuck tonight attitude. Right. Because that's what it is. It's day by day. I knew that. Like, right. I had homies, you know, I stayed, I, w- I was that guy that, I can honestly say, like, looking back, I would probably be a guy that the the dudes who was doing real work or real or or, or whatever you want to call it, things out in the streets, right. probably wouldn't respect me much because, like, I was always around by association. But when it was time, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Right. And and but but I knew that it was like a night by night thing. It was like tonight we just doing what we doing tonight. We ain't even right. thinking about tomorrow. Right. And yeah. and that, and that those mindsets coupled together is very dangerous.
0: Yeah. Even being like a person who like who you don't want to be because you know morally like people with a conscience you know morally it's wrong. Like even like I'm gonna just say like some people who've taken somebody life they know it's wrong. They know for a fact it's wrong. They can't even live. They can't even sleep at night because they know it's wrong. They do a lot. They drink a lot. They do a lot of things to numb the pain. But they have to do it for survival, and they just doing it. They're getting it how they live. But me being a person who know that's wrong, and there's no, I just don't want to take another life and stuff like that. But have developed a mantra like I have to do whatever I do to protect myself. But just living in that that tug of war of just having to choose to do this and do that when you were surrounded by so many people doing it, and you were like, man, I'm gonna just go home. And then like having that same time like my mom, my mom is a special person and we don't have a, much of a relationship, but she's very unique. But she got me to look at things in a way to where I, I didn't want to do those things. She mm-hmm. didn't want me to be like my cousins. She mm-hmm. didn't want me to be like them. And she pulled me away, but I was always around. I was always in it. Mm-hmm. I'm around it and yeah. I see it. I've seen people with M6, I've seen all kinds of stuff, man. Some crazy stuff, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, I just knew it was wrong. Yeah. And a big part of that, me saying that it was wrong, is by seeing wealth. It's my my version of wealth. I, my uncle used to hang with, he's no longer here either, but rest in peace. He used to hang with juveniles. So I used to see all this wealth and stuff like that. I used mm-hmm. to see all these things. I used to see all these opportunities and stuff like that. And um, I knew, I. I and the people I seen doing all the crazy stuff, they didn't have that. So that made me more so be like, man, I'm not cool with this, man. I'm like yeah. I'm a I'm a fall back. I'm yeah. like I like I like getting A's and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. like that feeling of being the smartest person and stuff like that. So it's like pulling away and then your your people like judging you for it, it makes it, they, they can try to give you that peer pressure to want to be a part of it. And a lot of it of being in the streets deals with peer pressure and being surrounded by and wanting to be accepted. Mm-hmm. But it then at some point when you do become the black sheep and they push you away you have to just learn to accept yourself and learning that that's really all you really need because a lot of times when you're in that type of solitude, that's where you find the most, uh, that's where you find uh, your true self and stuff like that. So don't worry about people trying to tell you who you need to be because nobody can tell you who you can be because they don't even know you, how you think. You have a unique purpose. So any listening out there, man, don't let anybody tell you who you are because they can't. Nobody can. Like Nobody can. Like your, Your parents can't. Like nobody can. Nobody that's can facts. <laughs> nobody that's facts.
1: You gotta you have the ability. You are an architect. You can you right. can build yourself however you want. Right. Good for good or for bad. Right. But also in our neighborhoods too, there's also working class a lot of working yeah. class people. A lot of people who just go to work and they do, you know, they're everyday Americans as well. I'll, and and just to speak on that a bit, because that seemed for for me, that's the other side of it. Right. It was another option. And that to me, that still isn't <laughs> I understand the dudes in our neighborhood that we just spoke of, who took certain risks to try to to try to take it to to another level or right. whatever that goes with. That's right? all it really is. Because once, or or you can decide to become docile in a way and just live in the hood, and and, and because of what goes on around you, you become very fearful. So you almost still you still trapped, and right. now and now you just working and dodging, and a lot of that comes for me uh, a problematic thing for me in my hood was religion. Mm-hmm. You could throw a rock and hit a church in a in a neighborhood, like a little neighborhood. Like you'll go five, you'll go a block and it'll be a church. And you go another block around the corner and it's a church, and both of them got twenty members, right? Barely making the rent, barely can pay the bills, and it's poor people giving money to try to keep a building and an idea alive that isn't pouring anything into their lives because sure. they they don't eat on a day they they live in Concord people from Rockford and y'all know where Pierpont and Preston West State Concord projects one of the worst projects in the city like they got steel doors on the stairs when you it's one of them kinds like if you go on the other side of it you can't lock. you can't get in from the other side type place and around the corner was my church is people living in this conditions giving money to a church right and for me it was nothing being poured back into them it kept them in fear the way that they were spoken to, the ideas that were given to them about religion, specifically Christianity, were kept them scared to even try to think outside of their circumstances. Right. I almost told them to just wait because when you die, you go to heaven and then you'll get everything that you're supposed to get. Same those, thing as slavery. Those mentalities in our neighborhoods are also problematic. Those, mm-hmm. um, Institutions, and now I'm not saying that every institution, church institution, in the neighbor in the neighborhoods are like that, but a lot of them are. Right. A lot of them, just to be honest, are pastors that want attention and want to be leaders in certain ways and want people to follow them, but they don't know what it means to lead people, and they really haven't
0: even done the work. Right. I see. That's that's a, uh, another whole. That's a whole other topic. Just talking about churches in the uh, hood because I've seen them. That's another part of wealth I've seen. I've never seen. Like they like they come through with like the cause that is worth like more than the hood. What do you mean like the one one person? Like, yeah, like um, the preachers. Like yeah, the yeah, pre- yeah, like yeah, those, yeah, yeah. That, pre- that when I, it was like a time I don't know if it was like throughout the uh, entire nation when black preachers started rising up and they started making like real money, mm-hmm. and then like they really started like make like the Creflo dollars of the yeah, world. It's, like, it's
1: a it's a means out even for them. Like yeah. you know, and that's how people got to look at it. Like they trying to like do the same thing so it's yeah, not so it became a hustle it's a hustle your, your your best interest isn't at heart the fact that i know that is that like okay you, this is this this paints the picture perfectly there's been every church every single black church in my city right. has had a guy come up through the church and decide hey i think i'm pretty dope right i got some people that will follow me right so i'm leaving my flock and, and i'm gonna I'm a split the, i'm willing to split this church in half just so that I could go right around the corner in another small building. Franchising it. And and, and and do the same things. And it ain't even smart enough to say you franchising it. They absolutely independently run small business churches. And that's the problem is that they're not generating any income. The people that you took with you are just going to scrape and crumb to try to keep the church alive and because it, it's important to them. It's a place to go commune, meet people, right, see people, fellowship. and fellowship, but you not pouring back into them. And then, you know, two years in, you pull up in a Mercedes. Right. That's a problem. That's and crazy. In our, in our and culture, all that in money in our, is taxed.
0: In, in, all that, and a lot of things about churches is all tax-free. Right. Like, all that stuff, he writing all that all because he can get grants and all that stuff and help that community and he can build it up. But he probably most of them probably are getting all those grants and using those tax write-offs and putting it right in their own pocket. Because that's, that's
1: another hole in, in, our, in our community when we talked about, I should have added that to the list when you say drugs, you know, and when I say gangs, people need family, right? So people go and they and they hang around people and that becomes their family and it's right. called a gang. Okay, that that's another one. And then, you know, crappy jobs and church. Right. Like all of that is the opportunities available for you. And a lot of people are running church because they feel safe. Right. If somebody tell them something that feels good. But the reality of it is, is our churches need to be set up more as community centers, community right. bases, where we're teaching people how to, you know, take care of themselves and really, really grow as human beings, teaching them how to... Uh, maybe even garden and things like that. So, but we'll go back. We'll get out of that. I don't want to go. That is a whole other discussion. But I, I was just saying to add that to it. That's an, that's an important piece because yeah, there's is. some people who are good people and they feel like they're Christians and so they doing better. Yeah, you most, know, Some of us look down and say, look at the hood guy or the drug dealer and say, I'm doing better than him because I go to church every Sunday and give my money to the pastor. But think about what you're doing and, and, and think about the last years. Like where has that – taking you, where have you been, where, you know. Like,
0: y'all, y'all could've put that money together and y'all, like could've, y'all could've upgraded the Concord. You know what I mean? That, all that money y'all put into that, they could've put their money together, we couldn't get this renovated ourselves, you know what I mean? Get some contractors to come here ourselves mm-hmm. and do it, uh, and stuff like that. And I think a big idea that, even bringing that into the uh, conversation, it it changed the narrative of Good Kid, Mad City D, Mad City D, Good Kid, Mad City, D, to Predator and Prey. It's like we uh we gotta deal with a lot of predatory people. Like either it's a reverend, it's a gang leader, it's uh dudes in the hood. We got you gotta dodge predators. Those hoes are predators. That, yeah, that's all it is. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. but Yeah, it's all, he
1: said that in the track. You know, he said L.A. County you teach you that predator or play predator or play mode. Right.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. Facts. It's, it's true. You just that's all you gotta deal. With. That's what it's like to be a a good kid in the mad city. It's like literally. Dodging predators and identifying predators and knowing mm. your place in it, and not to be a predator because mm-hmm. you don't have to. Uh, just to be a good person don't mean you're weak. It just mean that you under you have morals and values and principles that's gonna take you far in life, and you should always trust those things, mm-hmm. and um and just recognize that this world is for the predators, the same as in the jungle, and um.
1: And it's definitely a jungle in them neighborhoods. Yeah. At any given moment, some random stuff can happen. I mean, I'm, I, I'm a young barber just fresh out of school and just trying to do what I do now on that journey. And our barbershop, got I've been robbed at a barbershop two times at gunpoint. And, you know, this. this just to say that to say is like, you know, you don't plan. I woke up that morning just to cut my clients. I right. never, I never, I never... Especially the first time. Now, then after that, the second time, you know, it was like I'll look around a little more. But even then, it was like, you know, I'm we in the barbershop, shop. This, right. you know, people come in and out all day. It's so much love. It's so much fun. Thing, great conversation, sports talk, community talk. I would have never thought that happened. Now, just a fast forward to see how you can good kid, mad city. How you can go from good grades to a, a Glock in your hand. Right? Is that after those two robberies happened for me? It was like, all right, enough is enough. Like. I felt threatened at that point. So what do I do? This is just natural, and I'm in my 20s at this point. I ain't, I can't even say I'm a kid. This is gonna happen to anybody. It's a mental thing. I start carrying a gun to the barbershop. It's in my drawer. It's in my bag right next to my station when I close the shop. It's cocked in my hand while I'm locking the door. The gun in my right hand, the keys my in my left, the same way. and I'm locking the door and I'm looking around. And I was prepared for sure. Like probably from the age of about 27 to about when I moved from Rockford at 29, for them two years, I was prepared at any, like if anything, I was going to shoot my gun. Right. I had decided that because I was just tired of that situation and I felt like at some point somebody was going to shoot theirs and I right. was like, I I, I don't want to take, and that's where it goes. Right. You quickly got, start going to say, I'm, I don't want to take the L. Right. I don't want my mama to be crying at the funeral. Your right. mama going to cry at the funeral. Right. It's a terrible mindset but it's it's something Survival that innately happens because you just want to survive.
0: That's a whole other topic too though, like how barbers like, I had like a barber used to cut my hair. He he passed away too. Like they become my cousin. He cuts hair in uh in Slidell in in Louisiana, and he runs his own thing. and He is doing really well, but he had to do the same thing. It's like barbers in that in the, uh in the hood. Are you just doing like your clientele is n- normally in the streets? It's a high probability because they know you got money. You making okay. it all day. You yeah. you you stack. You got to not? You getting the cash? I mean, most honestly, of the time.
1: in our communities, we be we're like the only. I'm gonna say the only, but one most of the most, one of the, yeah, one of the most successful entrepreneurs and legit businesses where you can make, you can turn around and make profit immediately, right? Without doing something illegal, right? That's the only, you know, it's just as close to selling a couple, you know, a couple keys, right? Is 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 cutting hair? If they say if if it's if it's rapping, jail or 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 sports, right. they can add barbering in that too.
0: Yeah, barber is like the go-to thing.
1: And that so yeah so it pushes you and, and do tattoos
0: it. now too tattoos, tattoos and it, tattoos. and it put
1: a light on you you right like and that's anybody though if you if you making a little money and it, it ain't gotta be a lot right it just put a spotlight on you and you know dumb things can happen but all that to say is that it turned this good kid which a lot of people are is just what stage will you snap if you snap right and um I did but it was you know I did it in moments right I always had somebody to pull me out like you said and be like what you doing right. I, I remember being places doing dumb stuff and like. Seeing somebody that knew me at church or knew me at school being like, Shane, is that Shane? Right. What you doing here doing that? Hey, man, get up out of here. Hey, get him up out of here. What you doing here? Right. That type of um, energy was a blessing for me. Um, And it happened a lot of times. I got my ass saved a lot of times.
0: Yeah, hindsight, you think about those things. There are good people in in those cultures. There's a lot more good people than there are bad. It's just the bad... Are the predators who are people who turn predators get put on display as the faces of that, mm-hmm. and then that that keeps a perpetuation of chasing that um, predatory thinking, and um, it's just that, but that's just not just. There too, when you talk when you put it in that terms, it just shows you that we live in a uh, predatory society because you got oh, you got that's when you get into like the media. But me that's where like that. Thing.
1: That's where but when you put poverty, like absolute poverty it in it, it, it yeah. magnifies it. Yeah. But but money do it all day. Right. You know, business is ugly. Yeah. People die, people come up missing, planes kind, go down, yeah. all type of crazy stuff. But when you're doing it on a corp or a high level, you know, people it look different. You, you can, can control wash it, it you can wash it, yeah. But when you just out in the street, poor with a gun, shoot somebody in the middle of the street, whatever. It it's just, the only
0: tangibility of uh, value you have. So you you use it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and you're you,
1: willing to die over it. And that's why respect is such a big thing because right? people don't have a lot. So yeah. that's their last thing. Like, man, you cannot disrespect me because I, I ain't got no food in the refrigerator. Right. The light's off. Got two kids. I got two kids. My brother in jail. My mama and I'm eighteen, and now and I'm (laughs) eighteen, and now you gonna tell me fuck you or step on my shoe or bump into me like nah, I'm going, I will go to jail over that. And, yeah. that. and to a lot of people, that's crazy. But you, if you've never been that low, you wouldn't understand.
0: Right. That's what mental health come in. Now mental health is such a hot topic then. It's been like that. But it's, that's just it's the, the, you, like, the mental health that we've been dealing with for long long before we got into this era of society. Like before it was just plantations and stuff like that. So you got, and then now knowing in studies that-, that That's past. That, that's past yeah, your DNA.
1: Like ten, like like everybody got to know when he say that. Like is Like my dad's, Specifically, my mom's—I probably should say her—her her stresses, her worries, are passed down. Are passed down through my body. I, I you know, I embody that now, and and we got so and that and that and that's imperpetual. Like that don't stop. That goes all the way back to your great, 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 whoever. Right. So we still feeling repercussions of a, a lot of different right. things, man. So to bring that full circle, to end the podcast, we're gonna we we're we going to uh, promote therapy. Right. A good kid, Mad City. If you in that Mad City, which a lot of people are, there's other ways. I know when you say therapy is like you going to sit down and lay on the couch. No, that's for me. Therapy is just you got to identify a happy Reflect, place, yeah, and and, and you got to be able to go there. And that might be physically or mentally. Like you know, or the, the Rock River. If you if if you live in Rockford and you live on the west side. And you're going through some things, and you just need to clear your mind. The Rock River is just a river; it ain't no greatest views in the world. But I used to go sit by that river quietly, and really find peace and time to think, and um, be away from somebody telling like like Scott said, telling you who you are or where to go or who to be. You just got a a, a good. It used to be a long time, thirty minutes an hour, maybe, right. just to like just relax
0: and think for yourself. Right, Refle- a, those those things are therapeutic. Reflection is key, man. Like definitely, and exercise. like. Yeah, reflection, but reflection go bring all those things like the subconscious and all that go start creating that program so you can start exercising, start wanting to change your diet, you start your awareness, start building. So that's the, that's the whole key to um doing therapy because it makes you become aware of certain things that you were maybe being privy to before that. And like we should put a clap in here for all the people that are good kids in the mad city and still choosing to remain that way because y'all are going to be the people who help bring change to certain things when you, because you know how to pay it forward, and you also seen some hardships that you overcome, Facts, so we should man. be ha- a big uh, well, clap for everybody, for yeah, one. big Fact. clap for all those people, man, because you you define the odds against uh, some dangerous people on a day-to-day but basis. I, but
1: also big up to all the Dope Boys, too. Yeah. I, I love the Dope Boys, because, I
0: don't mean, know, it's a
1: it's a rebellion part, and then from the inside, people don't know, is they they take care of the hood. I know plenty of people who sold drugs in my neighborhood, and it's sound like they bad people and they do certain things to get with they... But then they also paying people's rent. They right. also buying people groceries. They also right. um doing events in the in the park for the kids. They also, you know Really, just bringing life into the community Robin the hoods. best way they can. Yeah. yeah. That, that so Robin shout hood. out to all them, all them, all them boys out there doing what you gotta do every day. Try to keep it on the safe and an up and up state. Right. Stay then, get stay, out. Of stay there, away man. from the cops.
0: <laughs> you don't have to chase a uh, hundred thousand dollars in that industry. Just get enough to start a business and go. Oh, you know what I mean? Invest in a barbershop or some stuff and help these people get on. Create a school or something and help those people get on. Just do something different outside of that. You know what I mean? I know what you gotta do, what you do by any means to crowdsource and make money, because that's basically what they're doing. But yeah, just use that. This <laughs> <laughs> just makes, this just, uh, just invest. Yeah, and re, up, yeah, reinvest. Yeah. We gotta
1: stop buying turkeys now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everybody won't be Nino Brown, <laughs> yeah, man. You can't buying you turkeys see... <laughs>
1: on Thanksgiving ain't enough. You're gonna have to like get some land, you know.
0: What that man say who killed Nino Brown, man. I wish I knew what he said. Like you gotta uh, put that in uh, here. Yeah, I, I, I
1: know <laughs> what you're talking about. But even or even going back to like the Frank Lucas days and all of that. Yeah. You know, further back than that, it was just like they were taking care, of it and that, and that was what they needed at that time, like turkey drives and stuff. That was a big thing, you know, maybe. But now we gotta. You know, if you crowdsource in then move that, move it, move, move the needle a little bit. Like, right. look, look at what Nick was
0: doing. Right, it's, it's get out of there, transform yourself as quickly as possible because it's it's uh it's designed for you to to become eaten.
1: Hey yo, hey y'all, we love y'all. This this poc- this specific episode was uh, therapeutic for me to right. talk about out loud about things. You know, even if I didn't say everything, just to kind of recollect about uh the the past, man. And uh, I was definitely just like a lot of people, a good kid in a mad city.
0: Right, I can agree with that as well. To all the listeners out there, man, be sure to send us your comments and email us at scalespodcastest19 at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on what's going on out there and how you can relate to this story. Catch us on all platforms. Peace out. Scales.